be seated. Thank you for opening your heart today. This is this is just a savor, savoring moment to reflect on the Lord. God loves people that are, you know, just humble people, ordinary people like you and I. Nothing. We can say that we can do it our own strength, but by the help of the Lord. I'm going to take us through some verses that Paul wrote in the church of Corinth. He had several verses that he described a bit about his own life, and, you know, his ministry was kind of, he was summarizing some of the events that took place uh, during his ministry. How many know that Paul was not always a good man? You know his story, Paul, the Apostle Paul. He was not always for God. He was not always for the church of Jesus Christ. In fact, he persecuted Christians and he had them destroyed before he became a believer himself. And Jesus met him. Jesus revealed himself to Paul. Saul at first and then later became Paul. Let's just thank the Lord that somewhere Jesus has met with you intervene in your life. Sometimes we just got to remember how God has been working throughout your life, and maybe you don't have a Saul's conversion, but maybe you had a, a little by little you became to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, or maybe you're on a process on the roll, you're still processing, what is this all about? There's never too late yet to allow Jesus Christ into our life. And the good news is wherever you go, the Lord goes with you. So we're going to look at a few verses prior to the 12th chapter of 2 Corinthians. Just a few verses. That This is just like, if you've ever been having a hard stretch in life, I don't know, maybe this is good for you to read, or maybe it's not so good. <laughs> this stuff happens because we live in a fallen world. Amen? And the enemy wants to discourage us or stop us from working for, towards the things that God has for us. We talked a little bit about how the sower sowed the seed last Sunday. We talked a little bit about how the thorns can come up and choke that seed. And the cares of this life can kind of just overtake what God has planned. We're always in the constant need of weeding out things out of our heart. Over, being a manager, being a caretaker of our own thoughts and of our own intentions. Well, Paul is just reminiscing a little bit. He's describing a bit of what it was like to be in the ministry in his day. And he says, backing up, I'm backing up the verse of uh, chapter 11. I'm going to back up. Just a few verses, chapter six of chapter eleven, verse sixteen says, Again I say, let no one think me foolish, but if you do receive me, receive me even as foolish that I may also boast a little. What in the world are you saying, Paul? What are you saying? Uh, he's always like asking permission. Can I just boast a little bit? Can I just talk about a little bit? About what my own life has experienced? And I'm skipping down now to verse 24. 
This would not be a good day. Five times are received from the Jews, 39 lashes. You do your math. That's just five short of 200, right? Am I right? Okay, so five times he was beaten. 39 lashes. For preaching the gospel. For declaring the things of the Lord. Did he quit? Did he give up? No, he didn't quit. And he didn't give up. Verse 23. Are they servants of Christ? I speak as is if insane. I more so in far more labors and far more imprisonments. Beaten time without. Now he's saying beaten time without. He can't remember how many times he was beaten. Often in danger of death. Verse 25, three times I was beaten with... This guy had a beating, 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 beating. And then he said, I was stoned. He, he, was, he actually had people throw rocks at him. And they wanted to destroy him. I don't know how Paul was for swimming, but he was a shipwrecked. A night and a day I have spent and, I, and, I, and when I read this, a night and a day, he was shipwrecked. He had to be hanging on to things, floating, shipwrecked. Now, I don't know about you, but it would be a moment in your life where you could kind of get discouraged. Why is everything going wrong? Are you punishing me, Lord? That's often our um, you know, human um, thinking Lord, are you punishing me? Do I deserve this? And I'm going to go on a few more verses and we'll get into chapter 12. I have been on frequent journeys, verse 26. Frequent journeys, that sounds like Emily. My daughter. Our next stop is Spain. To a wedding. She was invited to a lesser heart. Dangers from rivers. Think about this for a moment. When they cross rivers, they didn't have the bridge systems in place. They crossed them maybe on a cobbled together raft, or maybe they just waded through and hoped to somehow make it. They crossed rivers. We can't get over there, but until we cross the river. We can't get to where we, God wants us to go until you cross this river. It reminds me of when Joshua was leading the people of God through the promised land, and after Moses had, you know, his, his time was up, and Joshua, he begins to take over while the Lord's hand is on Joshua, and now they get to this place was called the Jordan River, and it just so happened at the time of the year, the banks were overflowing. There was flood season. Well, hard to remember flood season right now with the drought going on. But we remember there were, there's been times of flood. Now God says, cross the Jordan. But he says, do it this way. You take, the, you take these priests that are carrying the, 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 the Ark of the Covenant, and they're going to go first, and they're going to step in, and then the water's going to... I don't know about you, but... I don't like water that much. 
I can do okay. Give me a canoe. Give me a boat. Just let, don't let me go under. Baptism was about enough for me. That was total submersion. And that, I just never have life to go underwater at much. Some of you love to go underwater. You're like a fish. You're like a dolphin. You swim. It's wonderful. But these priests had to have faith. And the people of God are standing, whoa, what's going to happen? This is, this is crazy. We can't walk to this water. But as Scripture said, the moment they stepped into the water, the water's parted. So therefore, we have to have faith. Many times in life, you, it takes an element of faith so he crossed rivers, dangers from rivers, dangers from robbers, dangers from the Gentiles, dangers in the city, dangers in the wilderness, dangers on the sea, dangers among false brethren. And then he says in verse 27, I have been in labor and hardship through many sleepless Nights, sleepless nights. Hunger, thirst, I don't know what else you could add to this list, really. How many are thinking, I don't have it so bad after all? I don't know. You know what I find interesting is verse 28. Apart from such external things, notice how he noted, he, 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 labels the things that he has went through as external things. Everything that is that we can feel or touch or taste or put on is external. There, besides all that, there's the daily pressure upon me of concern for all the... What did he say? And all this stuff is going on. All my heart is for to reach churches, to help encourage the believer, the young believers, that they can make it. They need to keep going. Let me tell you that I believe that there is a very great need in our communities today to encourage people. Encourage people from the youth to the elderly. There's a need for encouragement. There's a need to have someone lead the way or be the example or be the spark or be the one who brings a good word who says this is what God has called us to be. This is where God has led us. Let us be glad and rejoice. Let us take a hold of the promises let us believe God that no matter what may happen to us, let us not grow weary in well-doing. Keep on keeping on. So Paul was just summarizing some of his ministry life. Some of the things that I believe make us the strongest are the things that have been the most painful. The trials of this life that have been most painful have actually been those things that have helped make us strong. Because we choose, if we choose to trust God, even in spite of the things that are happening in our lives, we believe that Jesus Christ is never going to leave you or forsake you when you ask him into your heart. He never 
will leave you. He, he's there with you. He's there to step into the water. He's there to step into that river. He's there when you're on a shipwreck. He's there when life seems to hit the rocks. And so what I wanted to talk and share about a little bit of what, what basically has come to my heart to all this is, isn't it interesting how God uses our weakness? God uses weak things in our life, things that we are afraid of, things that we would never see ourselves doing, would never imagine ourselves ever going to that place or, or being involved in that kind of ministry where God is saying to you, yes, I have called you, I've chosen you, you're the one. You're the one I want you to, to go or to speak or to share. Let me know that God has plans for you and I because Jeremiah is an example of the, the, the Old Testament, the book of Jeremiah, speaks towards Jeremiah, a young man. Before you were formed, I knew you. Now, when we think about that, God has, already has a plan. How am I supposed to figure out what that is? That's, that's, that's always a challenge. How am I supposed to figure out what God's plans are? Number one, the scriptures talks about it. Number one is this, love the Lord God with all your heart and soul and strength. If you will do that, if you will put God first, as Paul learned to, learn to trust the Lord, even in his trials, Paul learned in Philippians, he talked that he come to know Christ, not just to know about him, he didn't just have some kind of head knowledge or some stories or some, some old book somewhere, but he knew Jesus because he met him on the road to Damascus. And he heard his voice. And he was transformed within his heart. Now it's interesting, you begin to read the verse, chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, and he describes, he describes a situation about a vision and a revelation. Verse 2, I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago, whether in the body I do not know, or out of the body I do not know, God knows such a man was caught up to the third heaven. And I know how such a man, I, I, and I know how such a man, whether in the body or apart from the body, I do not know, God knows, was caught up, was caught up into paradise and heard inexpressible word, which a man is not permitted. I happen to believe that, I, I personally believe that was Saul talking about his own experience. He's talking about when he had an experience. He don't know if he was in the body or out of the body, doesn't matter, but he had, he had revelation. I, I, I happen to believe that if what God was, is saying through this story is that God would give us a glimpse of glory. If God would give us a glimpse of heaven, that which is yet to come, that which is all eternity with him, that we would say, yes, it doesn't matter what happens in this life. It's just a few short years, and then we're going to step into eternity. I believe this, this actually encouraged Paul to keep going forward. Now, I don't think there's too many people who've had a revelation of heaven. Some may have had dreams of heaven. Some may have had, and I, I, I wish I would have a dream or a vision. That would be great. One of Maybe you have, maybe you haven't, but it still goes back to that little word we call faith. Because there will be days when you you, you, you kind of, you're having a hard time seeing why this now, Lord. You, you have a hard, your times are your tested. 
why, what is the purpose of this now, Lord? And so Paul, he's just kind of like pouring out his heart. He just wanted to boast a little bit about what's happened. He just wants to, when he said boast, he's humble about it. And he gets down to a verse in verse 7 of this chapter, and he talks about something that was in his, his life that was like a thorn in his flesh. It was a messenger of Satan to torment, to keep me from exalting myself. And he begins to pray about this, to leave him. And we come to this wonderful passage. In verse 9, he said to me, My grace is sufficient. For you, for power is perfected in weakness. Get get that in your heart, if you will. Power is perfected in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I will rather boast about my weakness that the power of Christ may dwell in me. I I feel like that sometimes we need to be more I need to be more willing to admit my weakness than admit or or boast about what I've done. And I think sometimes God is saying to us, you know what? Just admit to me what you need. Just admit to me that you're struggling. That's all it takes. And then he steps in and begins to replenish and strengthen you. The old pride thing. Oh Lord, I can I can do this. I can do this. Or look what I've done. That that doesn't go over very well. The things that God is, you know what God takes notice, you know He takes notice of? Broken hearted. Humble. Contrite. Contrite has to do with a brokenness and willing to admit, I need you. When David was king and he took some time off from, from, the, from the army, as his military were out in the field and he stayed back, he fell into sin. And he let himself get involved in adultery and you know, all that stuff. Was, was, he was lying about what had happened until the prophet confronted David, and finally he realized, I can't hide this thing anymore. And when he was willing to admit that he sinned, then then he was able to get restoration. It was until then. Yes, there were consequences to his sin, but that there was something that happened, and we read in the psalm that he's crying out to the Lord, Psalm 51, and he describes, create me a clean heart. Do not take thy Holy Spirit from me. What David is describing is that he, the sin that separated him from God until he dealt with that. And so... Admitting our weaknesses is a good thing. In fact, realizing our weakness is a good thing. Realizing what we maybe not be, it may not be so good for us to go to wherever. It may not be so good for you and I to participate with that. 
We know our weakness. Oh, boy. Every one of us has to decide, with the Lord's help, that we're going to say yes to Jesus. And if there's anything else that the Lord would say to us from these verses is that I don't want any one of my people to love anything or any person more than me. And we put that in perspective. We put that in priority. And we begin to realize that we are weak, but he is strong. As Paul was talking about his, his places, that he was endangered, his places. We don't know what this thorn in his flesh for sure was. Some say it was he had migraine headaches, or some say he had problems with his eyes. Doesn't really matter. It was something that was a struggle for him. It was a weakness for him. But in spite of the weakness, God still used Paul. In spite of many people throughout Scripture who messed up, if you take the time to study the Old Testament, you learn that many of the leaders failed many times. And yet God chose them to use them and to make a way for the lives. You see, the trick of the enemy is this. He'll say to us, you, you'll never get there. You're not good enough to be a part of that ministry. Or you're, not, you're not what you should be. You know, you're, he'll, he'll begin to lie, bring lies and bring frustration to you, to stomp you. And what we need then is the help of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God and the fellowship of other believers that we together, we are going to go forward. We're not going to let the enemy stop us. We're going to cry unto the Lord. In Philippians chapter 4, we just hear the, the words of Paul that he had learned, he had learned to be content. Not that I speak from want, it's Philippians 4 verse 11 and on, for I have learned to be content. I, 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 I just, you know, it's just so happy. It just happened automatically. Paul and Silas were one time in a, in a jail cell and they began to sing songs. And God intervened. But he said, I learned. In other words, Paul was not the same person he was when he started out. I'm glad God is patient with you and I. Amen. Patient with us. And I'd be done a long time ago if God wasn't patient with me. And God wants us to keep looking to Him. You see, it's almost easier to praise the Lord when things are going well, right? It seems to be easier to praise the Lord. But when things are not going so well, that's when we really need to praise the Lord. And I think this is the key to our, 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 our the humanity in us needs to understand that the Spirit of God 
is greater. Greater, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. The spirit of the enemy is out in the world. He wants to discourage believers. He wants to get you to begin to think in a negative way if he can, but his grace will carry you farther than any other thing in this life. His grace is that which you cannot earn. His grace is saying to you, I have already paid the price. I have already made a way for you. It is simply a stepping into you. His grace and accepting his grace. I'm saved by grace, and at the same time, I'm kept by grace. And that grace that will help me accomplish anything in this life is by God's. It's anything that I can do. It's not what I can do, but what he can do. So as I set out in this life, I set out on a project, and I tried so hard to, to do the work properly, and I tried so hard to make it just perfect, and I, I'm hard on myself because... It's just kind of the way I am. And the other day, I, I chalked the lines to saw the concrete line, and I had it all measured out. I, I checked it twice, and I found a mistake, and I X'd out the line. And sure enough, when I cut the, cut the lines, and the last line, I looked at, you know what? I, I, I chalked the wrong place. Oh, my goodness. It's like something goes off inside of you. And you think, the world has come to an end. Oh my goodness. And then I was put in my place. The friend that I was doing the work for had one time attempted suicide. And his face is all messed up, but he has a, a, one of the greatest personalities and heart that you'd ever meet. You look at him at first and think, whoa, what happened? And he had, it over, he had to overcome. He says, and he goes to the look. That's nothing. Look at this. What I had to overcome. I said, that, that was just shut me right off. I, said, I, just, I get it. There's so many things in life that can really, when you think about it, are really not that important. It's not life and death. Sometimes it is. But is it really going to matter when eternity comes? That's a good question. When I go through this life, the only thing that's going to really matter at the end is how I treated my neighbor, how I talked to people, how I, my attitude, and how I walked with Did I walk with Jesus? That's the bottom line. Did I let Jesus be Lord of my life? Or was I always trying to make Always trying to be right. Always trying to, you know, come across as being special and perfect. Jesus would say, I, I, "I know, I know your weaknesses." You think when he chose a Peter and he chose these disciples, it was they were just ordinary people. They were kind of a mixed bag of misfits. And it just so happens that the church of Jesus Christ oftentimes were a bunch of throwbacks in the eyes of the world. But God says, I can make something beautiful out of you. I can do something great because I'm looking for a quality 
that is humility. And so Paul said, let me boast about my weaknesses rather than my strengths because I have learned, verse 10, let's text, that when I am weak, he is strong. How many remember the old hymn, Just a Closer Walk with Thee? I am weak, but he is strong. Yes. Keeps you going. I don't know all the answers to the problems. I can't fix things. But God can fix. Am I willing to step out of the way at times? And let go and let God. I could do myself a lot of good with the help of the Lord if I just talked to the Lord about it instead of beating myself up or going off some negative thing. I'm going to conclude with this these thoughts of, I want you to begin to think about what kind, of a, what kind of a summer you've had, what kind of a year, maybe there's several years, maybe there are some things that have piled up in your life, maybe there's some setbacks. I'm sure we've had many good things, but these last couple of years have been crazy times, unbelievable times, unheard of things. Why, why are we, we, if we'll drive ourselves crazy trying to answer the why question. Maybe we figure a few things out. Maybe we figure out, well, human, humanity is always quick to blame. You know, who's, who's the fault? What, where did this come from? Remember this. People are not the enemy. People are not the enemy. Satan is the enemy. And many people that you and I are mixing in, rubbing shoulders with, are held captive by the enemy. And when we begin to pray, to the Lord, Lord, loosen strongholds. Loosen footholds upon a person. Begin to pray people who maybe have rubbed you the wrong way or maybe they, they become a, a tough spot in your life. Bless them in your prayer life. But Jesus said, Pray for your enemies. Bless those who persecute you. Uh, Paul could have never made it as far as he did without understanding it was Jesus who was in control. His life was but a vessel. Earthen, clay, vessel. Jesus, you're the treasure. 
You're the message. That is what it's all about. Be encouraged today if you're struggling with things that you're you're okay. I mean, you're working at it. You're working at it. God's working, helping you if you let Him. You and I know our weaknesses. You know what we what we're oftentimes struggle against, and we have to make adjustments. But be encouraged. The Word of God, the Spirit of God, is always so willing to show us up, to pick us up, to take us by the hand, to teach us to to say this is the way to go. Let's sing that song one more time.